Well, this evening we are continuing the series of one another sayings and we will be exploring what it means to be kind and compassionate. And the verse says, be kind and compassionate and forgive one another just as Christ forgave you. But before we dig in into the verse line by line, I just want to make a couple of comments. You know, this verse is a conclusion on a larger discussion in chapter 4. In a nutshell, Paul says that as Christians, our lives need to demonstrate that we belong to God. That there is a marked difference before when we were not Christians, when we didn't have God in our lives, and now. And what used to be acceptable, it's not acceptable anymore. And our lives need to show and demonstrate that change and that transformation. And secondly, I just want you to note that this, this verse primarily refers to how we treat fellow Christians and those closest to us. You know, this is really quite practical and very challenging. You know, before we, we, you know, we go out there and we try to share God's message with people who don't have a faith, we have a responsibility to one another. And how we treat one another matters. And John says in another part of Scripture that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, and this got me thinking that quite often those closest to us might get the short straw. And we're going to watch a quick video clip just to get us thinking about how we treat those in our families in particular. I don't know about you, but when I see that and I hear the words, be kind, my mind immediately goes to actions. So I need to act in a way that is nice and kind. But this is only half the story. Have you ever met people who are super kind when you first meet them? But as you get to know them, you realize that the reality is quite different. And I would like to suggest that most people will say that they want to be kind. As long as everything is going well, they are kind to others. I used to work in a school, um, and one of the things that schools, most schools promote is being kind to one another. It's, it's in the school values. And I remember quite clearly about three years ago, you know, I was working in reception. And a typical day would start on the carpet with the children. And the teacher would say, we'll remind everyone that we're going to be nice and we're going to be kind and we're going to have a brilliant day. And everyone would say, yes, that's absolutely right. And only within a few minutes, the normal snatching of favorite toys, excluding other children and showing off would just resume. And it wasn't because the children didn't know what was expected of them. It wasn't even that they had deliberately decided to be unkind. 
It was just that their desires and their wishes got in the way. You know, you may want to be kind, but if in your heart you have bitterness, selfishness, greed, self-righteousness, envy, and the list goes on, when you're faced with pressure, just having a desire to be kind doesn't work. Have you ever wondered why um, it's so hard to be kind to siblings? I don't know if, if you know, you've had a similar experience. Yeah. You may love them deeply and you want the best for them, but surely, a little bit like in that video clip, they know how to push your buttons. Um, and you know how to wind them up. Uh, I have six siblings, so growing up, we had plenty of opportunities to develop the art of winding each other up to just perfection. And we got so good, and parents here, you might recognize this, that we didn't even have to say anything. You could just look or breathe in a certain way, and that would inflict pain. I am blessed with a sharp mind, and I can process information quite quickly. And, and growing up, especially in my teens, I discovered sarcasm. Um, and that was just a means of having a bit of fun, but also to put people in what I perceived to be their right place. And I used to justify those cutting remarks as, you know, just a bit of fun, you know. It doesn't really matter. People are free to come back. People are free to say what uh, they want back to me. But over the years, I have come to understand that my sarcastic attitude was actually a problem, and it didn't achieve anything. You know, we looked at confessing our sins to one another a few weeks uh, um, ago, and I have to confess that my sarcasm was just a clever disguise of being mean. The words we say to each other have incredible power. They can build and give life or tear people down. And I want my words to be words that give life. I am generally a kind person, and I love people, and I truly want the best for them. But I know that my goodness is limited. I can only give from what I have inside. Paul doesn't say, you know, well, you know, be kind as long as you're well-rested, or be kind to those you like or you have things in common. Or be kind as long as people accept you and understand you. No, there are no qualifications. It's simply be kind. But before we act kind, we have to be kind. You know, the English language can be, it's a wonderful language, can be a bit confusing. You know, we can confuse what we do with, with, what, with who we are. So if I say, I'm a teacher, or I'm a doctor, that can be my profession, or it can be who I am. 
Could you imagine if you said to someone in an emergency, in a medical emergency, be a doctor? But if that person doesn't have any medical training, they are of no use. So you may want to be kind, but in our own efforts, our kindness has limits and is often limit-dependent on circumstances. Our actions flow from within. And kindness is not something we try to do, it's something we should be. In Galatians 5, the famous fruit of the Spirit, Paul lists a whole bunch of things that the Holy Spirit produces in us. And kindness is one of them. And the way it works is we recognize that in our own strength, what, what we, we can't truly be kind. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That means that we have a part to play, but actually the transformation or the beauty and the power is not from us, it's from God, and we can't boast in that. And then the Holy Spirit transforms us from within. So when we act with kindness, it's a manifestation of a deep desire to see others prosper. And as I, we move to the next, ne next section, may I just leave you with a few things to ponder. Are you kind? Or are you acting kind? Who is the person you find hard to be kind towards? And how much are you letting the Holy Spirit work on developing kindness in you? The next part of the verse is be compassionate. And you'll be pleased to know that we're not going to spend quite as long on this section as we did on kind. Compassion and kindness go hand in hand. You know, compassion is defined as empathy for someone who is in need or suffering. And showing compassion means that we allow ourselves to be invested in someone else's pain. The Bible describes God as having compassion for us, of being moved by our problems, our suffering, and our fears. And the ultimate example of compassion is Jesus coming into our world and living in human form. The incarnation is the perfect example of compassion. Jesus walked in our shoes. And being compassionate means walking in someone else's shoes. You know, I have to say, it's some people, and we have some people in our congregation, have this gift of compassion. You, know, you may be blessed to have people like that in your life. You know, they know what to say in every given circumstance. And they know how to connect with people. I wish I were one of those people. But this verse doesn't say that you have to have the gift of compassion. But we can all have a compassionate attitude. We can choose to walk in people in, in someone else's shoes. It's because it's easy to make quick judgments, especially when their problems 
um, or their suffering are self-inflicted. You know, it's easy to say, I'd never act like that. I would never do that. Having a compassionate attitude is walking in the opposite spirit of judgment. And this will not only benefit the person you are compassionate towards, but it will also benefit you. Another translation for this bit of the verse um, says, being tender-hearted, allowing our hearts to be soft by choosing to be compassionate. And this helps us spiritually. It allows us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So as we move to our last section, can I just leave you with a few things to ponder? What is the state of your heart? Are you tender-hearted? Is there anything stopping you from being compassionate? Forgive one another. It may be strange to have forgiveness tagged along at the end of this verse. You know, at first glance, it just doesn't seem to fit. I was thinking, you know, be kind and compassionate, followed by maybe love one another, would, uh, you know, would make to me more sense. But as we explored this evening, kindness and compassion are not just some wishy-washy feelings, but they are powerful choices that lead us into action. If you choose to be kind and compassionate very, very quickly, you will end up in situations when others hurt you, upset you, or even cause you serious trouble. And I said at the beginning that this verse is given primarily for Christians. Uh, and we would, we would like to think that the church is a place of acceptance and love. Uh, and we have high expectations of our local churches. And we should have high expectations of our local churches. But we also need to understand that the church is full of people who are works in progress. You know, becoming a Christian is just the start of the journey. And as you are not perfect, you shouldn't expect others to be perfect. So when people say or do things that upset us in a church setting, it really does hurt quite deeply. But our pain does not give us an excuse to retaliate and to be unkind. I have been involved in leading um, very small groups and walking alongside young people all my adult life. Um, and a few years ago, um, one of the young people I invested uh, an awful lot in was particularly hurtful to me, both in actions and in words. And it hurts really deeply. And to make matters worse, for quite a while, she didn't even seem to care. And I was so tempted to write that relationship off. And I prayed to God, and God gave me the strength to forgive and forgive and keep forgiving until my heart had compassion and understanding. 
A couple of years later, things got better, and now I have to say that that relationship is restored. But the path of kindness and compassion involves forgiveness. And can I just say, if you try to skip the forgiveness part for whatever reasons, you know, it's too painful, it's not fair, your kindness and your compassion will be limited. The best you will be able to achieve is acting kind. For a Christian, forgiveness is not a suggestion. It's a command. Forgiveness is to a Christian life what breathing is to life. And the default setting of our hearts should be to forgive. At the heart of the message of the gospel is the truth that we mess up. We need forgiveness. And as we receive forgiveness, we extend that forgiveness to others. However, forgiveness is not easy, it's not cheap, and it does go against our natural instinct. The Holy Spirit helps us, but the decision to forgive or to hold on to unforgiveness is ours. God is a kind and compassionate God who walked in our shoes and invites us and invites you to a totally radical life. We are meant to be kind, not just act kind. Keep our hearts soft before the Lord and show compassion to others. And in everything, choose to forgive. Let us pray.